This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Mike Shope. On who uh, and what was thrown at that gentleman, and that gentleman has been ejected, but it was an ugly, ugly sight. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? Here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> oh, jeez. Highly unnecessary. And the Bulldog. Guy with the Patriots jacket, and of course, he's been asked to leave the ball game for ruining a good piece of pizza. <laughs> so, get <laughs> beer all over. And here goes. <laughs> Some pizza. On WGR. That was an awful sight here at Fenway, and that that is not tolerated in this ballpark. He has been ejected and never again allowed to buy pizza. Sports Radio 550. Welcome back to Shope and the Bulldog here on WGR. Both Shope and Bulldog have the day off. Zach Jones along with you, along with Corey Griswold. And before we get things rolling on the West Her hotline, quick little weather update as we do have a weather advisory until 6 p.m. tomorrow. Light flurries in our Amherst studio. It's somewhat calmed down right now, but it is expected to get worse as the night goes on. And for more on the weather, our station right across from where we're at, WBEN will have much more all night and all day tomorrow on the progressively worsening weather outside. Now, we were talking a little bit of the Sabres in the first hour. Do you make a trade? Do you stay put? We're going to turn the tables a little bit to football. We're going to get to the draft. I'm going to get to some F1. That's personally for me. I don't. I, anyone else can do whatever they want, but I'm going to get to F1. Because on the West Her Hotline, our next guest, Mark Schofield of SB Nation, joins the show. Mark, thank you so much. How are you doing, my man? Uh, I'm doing well, Zach. It's great to be here. And i got to say, I do appreciate the audio that you had on just before me. Jerry Remy, Dan Orsillo, Patriots Day, Fenway Park, the pizza incident. It's an all-time favorite of mine. It warmed my heart to hear that, but... I'm very excited to be here, my friend. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. The, the weather has absolutely dampened my mood. I don't know about you, Mark. I'm a big summer guy, and, like, I'll tolerate spring, but, like, fall and winter, I'm the kind of guy that, like, just, just goes right into seasonal depression. There's no gradual fall. It's, like, the moment the weather turns to, like, 35, I'm like, all right, well, the next six months are useless. I just I cannot deal with the cold weather. I, I've, as I've gotten older, I've fallen more into that camp. I used to love winter. You know, we haven't gotten a real winter here in the D.C. area. I mean, I, I don't. we had like one dusting of snow, and I'm certainly not going to get any sort of sympathy saying that on Aaron Buffalo, but the kids haven't had a snow day. There's been no sledding. There's been no skiing. It's kind of been disappointing for the kids, but I'm like you. I'm looking forward to spring, very much looking forward to summer. Should be a good one, hopefully, especially as like the winners here in Buffalo have not been very kind no. at all this past this past year, really. Now, Mark, though, where I do want to get t- tonight's conversation started is the NFL draft. It's really been, obviously, of course, as we entered the offseason, a point of discussion all across the country, but especially here in Buffalo, wide receiver, offensive line. 
But now the conversation is somewhat tilted towards defense because the Bills' defense might be losing a lot of members, Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds really being the main two. What have you been making as this 2023 draft class as a whole? Not necessarily positional, just as a whole. Does this feel like a strong draft class, or is it more of a middling one and and you're kind of – it's going to be very, very top-heavy, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Zach, I I think – this draft class is interesting because I think overall, and we're going to get a much clearer picture of this draft class over the next couple of weeks. We've certainly got the combine kicking off next week. Everybody headed out to Indianapolis for that. But the sense that I get both from watching players in preparation for the draft and talking to other people that cover the draft and study players as well, it's kind of a weaker class overall. Now there are some positions where I think there is a lot of talent And I think cornerback is one of those. Now, probably not one of the positions that Bills fans are really thinking about, particularly early in the draft. You mentioned safety. You mentioned linebacker. There's some talent at those positions, but it seems a bit more top-heavy. Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson, for example. Noah Sewell, the linebacker from Oregon. There's some talent at the linebacker position, but that's probably more on the earlier side of the draft. And so it becomes, you know, does that shape and – sort of move the bills in one direction with respect to free agency. They address some of these positions, you know, wide receiver is a position you also mentioned there. That's an interesting one, both in the draft and in free agency, because it's not the deepest free agency class at the wide receiver position. The wide receiver position of the draft is interesting because there's a lot of say wide receiver two slash three types but there's no real consensus on, is there somebody in this group that is a surefire number one at the next level? So that's an interesting discussion. I think overall, it's kind of an average class. Like I said, cornerback is very talented, very deep. You might see five, six, seven, eight in the first round at the cornerback position. There's a lot of talent there, but some of the other positions look to be top heavy and perhaps a little thin. What do you make of the Boston College receiver in Zay Flowers? The past, it, it feels like maybe a week and a half, his name has really started to skyrocket up draft boards, and he went from, I, I want to say unknown, I, I did know him from college football, but now it seems like every single mock draft you see, he is in the first round. What do you make of him overall as a prospect, especially in, in a draft class at wide receiver that, like you said, like it, just, it may not be that deep? Yeah, and, and Flowers has gotten a lot of buzz, I think, in recent weeks because you know, he was out in Vegas for the Shrine Bowl, and he got to see sort of the workouts there, and he got to see the movement skills, the change of direction skills, and certainly as the NFL overall sort of trends towards, I don't want to say slot receiver types, but, you know, making plays in space, creating with change of direction skills at the receiver position, he sort of fits that mold. And, you know, I, I think one of the bigger question marks in this receiver class you know, is Jackson Smith and Java, who, you know, say a year ago or in the summer looked like, okay, this guy, this kid is going to be receiver one, no matter what he had the injury. He sort of slipped a little bit. I think the combine is going to sort of reestablish him as one of the top receivers in this group, but you're seeing him sort of slide down boards. And as such, you're seeing players come up, you know, Zay Flowers is certainly one Jalen Hyatt, the speedy wide receiver from Tennessee, who I like a lot. But does he fit every offense, you know, is what he did on Saturdays in the Tennessee system that had a lot of switches, switch release concepts, a lot of stacks and things like that, that sort of helped the receiver. Is that all going to translate well? You know, Josh Downs from UNC is another player that's getting a lot of discussion, but all these players that we're talking about, they're 
sort of in the sort of slot receiver type of mold. They're players that, you know, you're not going to draft and say put it X. And so that might slide them down the boards a little bit. But Flowers is an extremely interesting prospect. I think he's going to test extremely well. I think he's going to test well in the sort of change of direction, quickness type of drills, like the three cone that we're seeing teams rely on a lot. And so I, I think because of what he did out in Vegas during Shrine Bowl week, that's why you're seeing him rise up a little bit right now. You mentioned also the free agent class at wide receiver, and one you know very very well is Jacoby Myers. Do you think he stays with the Patriots? Is he able to be re-signed by him, or is he somebody that might get a pretty good pay raise just by the fact that it's not really a great dra- or free agent class overall at his position? Yeah, I mean, I think, Zach, that you're probably going to see him somewhere else next year. And part of that is, you know, having been around the Patriots and covered them and, you know, really – watching up first the fan for years, you know, this is the, the t- sort of standard Belichick move, right? Which is somebody gets to be too expensive. They're going to find a way to replace them in another way. And I think because it's a weaker free agency class at the position, because it's a weaker draft class, perhaps than we've seen in recent years, that might mean Myers commands a little bit more on the open market that he might in say years past. Now there's a flip side to that coin, which is if they're really going to try to do everything that they can to get the best out of Mac Jones in year three of the Mac Jones experiment, right? You've hired Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator, somebody that has a relationship with Mac Jones. Jacoby Myers is one of his favorite targets over the past two seasons now. Somebody that he's, you know, trusted to throw the football to in some clutch situations. And so that might make New England more inclined to try to find a way to bring him back. But I think ultimately we've seen this pattern before in New England where, you know, a player at a certain position becomes too expensive they're more inclined to move on couple that with what we've talked about free agent wide receivers draft wide receivers teams that have a need at the position might say look this is perhaps the best option we're going to find it might drive up the price tag making the patriots more likely to move on you mentioned year three of the mac jones experiment how big of a difference does bill o'brien being brought in as oc make for mac and maybe also a secondary question to this is there a real possibility they could move off of Mac Jones this offseason, or is that just garbage rumors and they're at least going to give this this third year a try? I mean, I'll, I'll take the sort of second part there. I, I think there's – I don't think they're in a position where they'd say no to a offer you can't refuse type of situation. I mean, look, if the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh McDaniels called them up today and said, we'll give you the seventh overall pick for Mac Jones, I, I think they would take that deal. I don't think it's a scenario where they're certainly locked into, you know, it's Matt Jones or nothing. You know, they would listen to offers. But I think for the most part, they're going to try to do everything they can to get the best out of Matt Jones. And I think, you know, Brian, you know, hire an offensive coordinator is part of that. Now, you know, the relationship there is, you know, it's not an expensive relationship. They did spend some time together when O'Brien was hired, you know, by Alabama to be their offensive coordinator. He was put in a room with Matt Jones to learn the offense. So there is somewhat of a working relationship, but it's not like they spent a couple of years together. And, you know, in a sense, we're now getting the third offense for three years in Matt Jones in the National Football League. I think there will be parts of the playbook that he's probably very familiar with. So I, I don't think it'll be a huge learning curve. Um, but I think the O'Brien hire, you know, there's some pros. There's some reasons to be excited about if you're a Patriots fan. But, you know, it, it's still year three of a quarterback who took a step back last year third sort of offense in three years. And I think there are still big questions about 
you know, is Mac Jones really the guy? I, I, I do think that, you know, absent some sort of offer you can't refuse, he's their week one starter. I think the biggest question for the Patriots and for Mac Jones is, is he the week 18 starter? Is he going to be the guy year-round? I think they're going to do everything they can to try to make sure he is and put him in a position to be successful, and the O'Brien hire was part of that. But I think you have to be sort of wide-eyed about this and realize that, you know, it's year three. It's a make-or-break year for Mac Jones. Where do you make the Patriots in terms of the hierarchy of the AFC East? Miami made, in, in certain extents, strides this season. They ultimately wound up with the same record, but Tua had his injury issues, and, and they looked like a much better team at points this year. The Jets look to either be in on Derek Carr or, if he comes out of his darkness retreat wanting to play, Aaron Rodgers. Where do you fit the Patriots now in the hierarchy of the AFC East? Are they still contending for a playoff spot, or is this a team that maybe is going to be flirting with a rebuild sooner rather than later? I mean, a lot of it is up in the air. I mean, there are some big questions at the quarterback position for, you know, look, Buffalo is the clear one. I don't think there's any question about that. You know, the other three teams, I think you could say, are sort of 2A, 2B, 2C, with a lot of to be determined about the quarterback position. You know, if... You know, even if it's Derek Carr who makes his way to the Jets and not Aaron Rodgers, I think that gives them a huge boost because you're talking about a team that's young, that's talented, that was just competent, consistent quarterback play. We're not talking elite quarterback play, just league average quarterback play. And that's probably your second playoff team in the East. They didn't have that last year. I think Carr would give them that. Certainly Rodgers would give them that. And so I, I think there's a big to be determined there, but an opportunity for the Jets to sort of fall up with the Dolphins. It's the health of Tua. I mean, you know, we're hearing reported and he's talked about how he's sort of learning judo so he can learn how to fall better and protect himself a little bit more. It's, it's not, I, I appreciate it. And I understand why he's doing that. And it's important. Hopefully it all works out, but this is now a number of head injuries over the course of one season. It's a little unsettling. So there's obviously that aspect that has to play out. And in New England, it's what we just talked about. Are you going to get a better version of Mac Jones here in year three than you had in year two? Is it going to look more like year one? Or are we going to continue to see setbacks? Are they going to have a question about the quarterback position in weeks two, three, four, beyond? And so I think there's the potential for New England to be competitive if it works with Mac Jones, but it might not. There's the potential for both the other two teams, the Jets and the Dolphins, to be very competitive, but they have questions at quarterback, and it is the most important position in football. It's a reason why the Bills are atop the division right now is because they have the most settled quarterback position of the four teams in the East. Another team that might be having quarterback conversations, and one I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around, Mark, where do you see this Baltimore Ravens-Lamar Jackson situation ending up? Is, is he really going to be out of Baltimore, for me at least personally, I think that there's maybe a 60-40% chance that he's out. But what do you make of the situation going on right now in Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, I say back in October, you know, I'm here. I'm in the Maryland area, right? I get asked about it on the radio. I get asked about it at the bus stop in the morning before school with the other dads wondering, hey, what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? And I would keep saying, look, you know, they're going to get a deal done. You know, they've built the offense around what he does, so it makes sense for the team. It makes sense for the player. But – I'm now sort of with you, where I was like 99% it gets done. Now I'm more 60-40, it doesn't, because it seems like player and team are just very far apart. And now you're hearing not just the franchise tag situation, you're hearing potential tag and trade, you know, just possibilities being thrown out there. And 
sort of with the news that we're getting today with Tennessee that they're clearing all this cap space. Yes, they had to do it, but you're hearing rumblings. Maybe that's a Lamar Jackson landing spot. You've had Jason Lock and Forer talk about maybe Atlanta. It seems like this is moving towards a situation where Lamar Jackson is not a Raven next year. And I saw a mock draft from CBS. And, yes, mock drafts, you know, they're part of the off-season process that we all go through when you take them with a grain of salt. But C.J. Stroud as the next Ravens quarterback. So it seems like there's some, you know, momentum building to the idea that Lamar Jackson is not going to be in Baltimore. And so, look, like I said, in October, I thought it was going to get done. They'd find a way to get a deal done. Now I've sort of flipped on it. It seems like it's more likely than not that Lamar Jackson is playing somewhere else next year. On the Western Hotline, Mark Schofield of SB Nation. Mark, before I do let you go, I did mention it before I brought you on, and this is and this is going to be a very personal one for me. Formula One technically starts tomorrow, but I'm still somewhat fresh and new to the sport. What exactly do we look forward to, or, or what do we look for when it comes to this preseason testing that they're doing in Bahrain for the next three days? Yeah, I mean, first off, you take a lot of it with a grain of salt. I mean, there's this idea of sandbagging, right? Because it's it's preseason testing, and you know you don't really want to show your best stuff. Now, some you know some teams might like Mercedes last year. They had a glory lap at the end where both Russell and Hamilton went like one two on a given day. Um, so they really put in some good laps. But teams are trying different things. So you sort of take the times with a grain of salt. They might be trying to run with a full fuel load they might be trying different things with tires and so you take it with a grain of salt but it can be important because you also might highlight some areas of concern and i mentioned mercedes last year during preseason testing you saw some of that porpoising that they dealt with where the car was basically bouncing up and down near the end of long runs because they were struggling with the aerodynamics of it and total wolf their team principal talked a lot about it at the end of the season how they really struggled to get the physics right and so you might see issues like that pop up, but this is the second year under the current sort of, you know, designs. And so teams should have that sorted out, but it's nice to see that, you know, it'll be nice to see the cars back on the track. It'd be nice to get a feel for where everybody is. And I think there's a growing consensus around F1 that we might actually have a title fight this season. And so it'll be fun to see, but it's, it'll be good to see them back under the, you know, on, on the grid. It'll be good to see some racing under the lights next week. And I'm pretty excited to get it all rolling. Mark, before I let you go, where can the people find you and what do you got cooking up as we get into the NFL offseason and, of course, the F1 season starting next week in Bahrain? Yeah, well, I'll have both of those covered for you. Like I said, I'm you know, getting ready to be out there in Indianapolis for the combine. I'll be out there Thursday through Sunday next week kind of tracking the quarterbacks uh, while they're out in Indianapolis. I'll have a lot of QB coverage and some other stuff from Indy as well. And then Formula One, like you said, you got preseason tests in these next couple of days. I put up the F1 glossary over at SB Nation, SBNation.com today for people that are new or even longtime fans of the sport. There's always some stuff you can learn. And so I had fun putting that together, something like 72 terms that, you know, you might want to know before the F1 season kicks off. And the, the racing begins in earnest next week, so I'll have that covered as well. But you can follow it all on Twitter at Mark Schofield and SBNation.com. You heard it there, folks. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I hope we can talk soon. Sounds good, my friend. Always a blast. Thanks so much for having me, Zach. Thank you. And then again was Mark Schofield of SB Nation on the West Her Hotline. Corey, before we go to break, are you an F1 guy or like any auto racing at all? I need to get the time to. Okay, that's, uh, well, that's fair. That as a, an adult male with kids, you do you you relinquish control of the television set. That's fair. So a lot I, of bluey for you. I'm yeah, assuming. I, yeah, yeah, a lot of bluey. Uh, I don't get the wheel 
uh, so to speak, when it comes to watching stuff. But I, I will watch some F1. I will watch some NASCAR. I'm not above. I'm not above auto racing. Um, it depends on the uh, venue, and and it depends on. Um, Especially for NASCAR, it depends on the venue. NASCAR, I think, has this problem more than F1 does, where the racetracks and NASCAR can really determine if the race is any fun or not. Um, mm-hmm. And in F1, simply because of the nature of the design of the different courses, it's not – you get more variety, I feel like. There's more – there can be more competition. But, I, I mean, every race course kind of has its own ins and outs. But, yeah, F1, I don't, I don't follow it, but I watch it. Yeah, All give right. me the goods. All right. I can't get a NASCAR. I found that out this past weekend. Really? Day- Daytona was on, and I'm just like, I could not care less. Can't I don't, do it? I don't know if that's my problem, but I was just like, nah, it's not for me. Like, I turned it on for, I think, five or ten minutes, and it was like, they were doing, like, the commercial, but we're still going to show you the action, and then we're going to come back. And I'm like, this is I'm, this is ridiculous. I'm out. You know what? It was from broadcasting it. Like, because I would be, when we used to air the NASCAR races mm-hmm. here at the station, like, it was not automated. Like, I, and that was me. It was my job on the weekends, and I would be broadcasting the NASCAR races, and I didn't hate it. Like I was good with it. I would. I was paying attention. I was listening to it. It was. It's not for something that you would think could never be broadcast on radio. It is literally a car going in a circle. And they, it somehow it works. Did a pretty good job. Honestly, nice. all right. Okay. It's not bad. What are you all looking right. forward to in the F one? What do you What do you want? What's the action? Baby? I kind of want a title race this year. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I think that's the one thing I've got to get used to in in basically European sports as a whole. Because soccer is like another one of these things where. There is no playoffs. Like, it is just you accumulate points as the season goes on. Yeah. And, like, the title races could be dead and over with with, like, two months left. They do it right, by the way, I think. I do enjoy it, but it does kind of, like, like when when the NFL season started, like, I missed, like, the last, like, four races of F1 season because mm-hmm. I was like, well, Max Verstappen of Red Bull, he's won the title. Like, it's over with. Like, I'll just kind of keep up with it on my phone like and see who wins based yeah. on the results. But, like, early season, I'm like, I'm all in. And I, I'm hoping, you know, Mark brought it up there. Like, you know, there might be a real title fight this year. Hopefully Ferrari figured out uh, their durability and or strategies because, boy, they are fun to watch screw up. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, as an Italian myself, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blast to watch Ferrari mess things up for themselves. Oh, my God. It does. That, I don't watch a lot, but I did pick up on that. Yeah. Oh, like, dude, it's, it's a good time. And then Mercedes, like, they, they were the dominant team. Like, when I jumped into it, they had just mm-hmm. come out of their New England Patriots era, like, just run of dominance. I think five sure. straight you know, mm-hmm. instructor titles, which is the overall team championship. Hamilton had won five straight titles. Like, it was like... Okay, cool. I'm glad that's over with. But it, do- it it had a feeling that, like last year that like Red Bull might be that new team, and I'm like, I hope not. Give me give me a title race. Give me something like that. I'm I'm glued to every single weekend. You like competition. We enjoy competition. Exactly. I think they do. I think a lot of European leagues do it right with just going straight table. I think the NHL should definitely go straight table. I don't. Th- I no longer believe in divisions or conferences. Really? Yeah, I, not at all. I don't think. When divisions and conferences were around, it made sense when the fastest mode of transportation you could take was a train. Like when, like that yeah. made sense to me to only play the teams literally around you in terms of geographic area, right? And now that like planes are a thing, you're like, this is completely outdated. Yeah, like it's not necessary. Like just everybody go straight table. That's it. I don't need conferences. I don't need a West Western Conference and an Eastern Conference. Just make sure everybody plays each other a certain number of times. Mm-hmm. You, there are rivalries that have lasted a hundred years in the EPL, and they literally. play each other twice. They, I don't Home need to play the Leafs 14 times. Like, if the if the games matter and I only play them, let's say, three times, it's fine. Play everybody the same amount of times, uh, home and away in the NHL, and we can figure it out. Like, figure out a schedule that works and just have everybody play each other. And then if you want a playoffs, go top 16, make it, and then go. 
Well, yeah, six, I was going to say that, that's a whole other conversation about how 16. bad the NHL playoff. It's a, I, is. It sucks. It's awful. It sucks. It's absolutely terrible. I like. There's no. Why do I want to watch? Like, it's fun to make fun of the Leafs, but they. If I was a Leafs fan, I would feel trapped. Like I'm constantly playing the Bruins or the Lightning, and I, that's all I'm going to play every, every time year. we make the every playoffs. Year. Every year yep. is them. That's it. Sucks until it's basically boring. all three of you age out. Your right. cores age out. Yeah, that's it. You're just it's you're trapped in this death spiral with these other two teams, and it's only because of the format. It has nothing to do with the skill or anybody else around you. At least there was so much excitement when the Sabres were not good. They were average. And you would be like, who are they going to play in the first round? Mm-hmm. And it could be any spin the big wheel. You could get the the Devils, you could get the Penguins, you could get the Flyers, you could get the Bruins, you could get the Canadians, you could get the Leafs, and you didn't know until you got to the final few days who you were going to play. And that was fun. And I miss that. There's and now now it's now I mean it's completely gone. Yeah. Like Tampa, Toronto, Boston to a lesser extent, because they've they've been the one seed the whole way through, but like Toronto and Tampa have known they were going to play each other for like the last like three months. If your sport does anything to me to make me not pay attention, because I don't have to, your sport is doing it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. that's where the NHL is. Like, I, oh, I don't have to pay attention to the playoff race. If your fans can say, I don't have to pay attention to the playoff race, it should set off fire alarms in your headquarters. It's a huge red flag. Yeah. It is the, it is the brightest of red flags exactly. that you can have. And it's just, it, it, it's frustrating to watch. I mean, like, as a Sabres fan, we're excited because we're in the wild card race. There's, like, five teams that are all fighting for two spots. That's right. And it's kind of all, though, like, to ultimately you're going to play Boston or Carolina. And really for us, like, you're kind of now looking at the second spot, so it's like you're going to play Boston. And I, I don't know. I, like, I'm less angry about that. But if I was a Toronto or a Tampa fan, I would be, I don't want to say furious. I would just be annoyed. I'd just be like, can we just get there already? Like, as a Bills fan, it's different. Like, you know, you have the 17, 18 games. It's, it is just, let's get to January. Get to January healthy because we know it's a three, four games. Just let's get there. With hockey, it's just more like, can we get to games that matter? Yeah. And, and that, is, that is annoying. And that the, is frustrating. The, the, like, it's, it's tough because you have situations where if you just have a playoff structure, it, it, that can take the drama away because just like now, you know who's going to be mm-hmm. there with your format. But if you take that structure away and you just make it straight table, like it's going to be the Bruins and that's it. Yeah, that's it. And and there's nowhere else to go. You're just going to, the season's already over. And like you were talking about with F1. So there, just the nature of how each year progresses in your sport, it, it, you don't control the drama. You can't do that unless you just decide to screw around with it. Just like, whatever, we're going to make it up because we want drama. So, yeah, you're in the lead now, but whoop, this year we're having a playoff, and last year we didn't. Yeah, we're just going to flip it on the table and, That's right. and see what happens. Which I can only imagine. the the I would have so much anxiety with that. I would not like it at all. Keith Fieri figured it out. He introduced, yeah. uh, like, on yeah. the Tournament of Champions, he's got the big randomizer that randomizes all the ingredients so it's not predictable. Damn, that would, chopped! That Go like chopped! Chopped, yeah. Pretty like, much anything on the Food Network. Right. Introduce a variable that you cannot predict. Rich people love that. Oh my god. They can't get... Billionaires can't get <laughs> enough of things that, that mess with their profits. Oh my goodness. They can't... They scream for it. That's fair. That's fair. We're going to take a quick time out. Lines are open at 803-0550. We talk a lot about the Sabres. Their... Do I want to call it loss? Just embarrassment last night to the Toronto Maple Leafs. 6-3. Ryan O'Reilly scores a hat-trick. Do the Sabres need to make a trade, or should they stay the course? Also want to kind of talk a little bit about the Bills today. A former Buffalo Bill hits the free agent market in Robert Woods. Should the Bills think about bringing him back on a one, maybe two-year deal? We'll talk about that when we come back. 
You're listening to Show with Bulldog. I'm Zach Jones. Show and Bulldog have the day off along with Corey Griswold, and you're listening to WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 